0: Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. Chapter Forty Three. With the bus back in driving condition, Nicole had brought the GTO around and pointed it down the highway. No one wanted to ride in Walt's bus, not even Ruby. If they squeezed in tight, they all fit in the GTO, and the pros and cons of this had been discussed. They had all piled in, with Walt being the last. With the doors shut, they were squeezed in tighter than sardines. Walt had voiced his opinion that sure the bus stank a little, but it was in good condition, mechanical-wise. At the end of this persuasion, the others had cast furtive looks at the bullet-ridden bus, and could not get past the remains, that, though cleaned up immensely, still made their presence known, chiefly by the pervasive smell of decay. Walt caved, and they had all piled into the GTO. Seven bodies, even in a full-size car like the GTO, made for a very uncomfortable ride. Not to mention, if they ran into trouble, there was no room to maneuver, let alone use their guns. When it was further pointed out that there were a lot of much-needed supplies in the bus that would not fit in the trunk, all eyes turned to Walt, jammed in the back seat next to Paul. Walt sighed. Let me out, Mama. Someone's got to drive my bus, and that someone ought to be me, man, Walt said. Ruby opened her door and heaved herself out. She stood by the hood as Walt squeezed out from the back seat. Walt's absence made all the difference. Paul, Billy, and Jordan made themselves comfortable in the back seat. With his absence, there was just enough room for the others to sit comfortably and still manage a defense should the need arise. Walt made his way back to the bus with a decidedly downcast appearance. Ruby stood by the car and watched him go. "'You ready, Ruby?' Nicole said as Ruby made no move to get back in. Ruby did not answer as she stared back down the road. As Walt neared the bus, Ruby started after him, her steps only as fast as her arthritic hips could carry her. "'Hippy, come help an old woman now!' "'Ruby said. "'Walt turned, and when he saw Ruby, he ran back to her. "'From inside the car, the others turned and watched Walt "'put his right hand on Ruby's shoulder, "'and with the other hand gently take her hand. "'Ruby looked up at Walt and said something the others couldn't hear. "'They watched as Walt smiled and carefully led her back to the bus. "'The show over,' Paul, Jordan, and Billy faced front. Sam continued to stare out the back window, watching as Walt helped Ruby up inside the bus. Get the door, Sam, Nicole said. Sam looked over at Nicole. What? Yeah, sure, he said. Nicole started the GTO as the passenger side door slammed shut. She smiled to herself as she dropped it into drive and steered her car through the endless maze of wreckage. On the short stretches where they could get their vehicles up to speed, it wasn't so bad. But more often than not, Nicole and Walt had to slow down to a crawl to negotiate the flotsam and jetsam of wreckage that was all pointed away from the direction they were headed. It was during these times, when the wind didn't blow through the open windows, that Nicole and the others in the GTO realized it wasn't just the bus that reeked of the dead. Hey, Sam, call back to Walt. Tell him we need to find a place to clean up. Maybe find a better vehicle than his bus if we can, Nicole said, as she steered the GTO around a bombed-out station wagon. Sam picked up the radio from the seat and relayed the message back to Walt. Roger that, man, Walt said. Two hours later, they rolled past the green tree city limit sign. Nicole picked up the radio. Hey, Walt, looks like there's a town up ahead. I think we should stop, she said. Sounds good to me, man. I don't think it's just this bus that's stinking, man. I think some of that foulness might be coming off me, too. It'll be good to wash up if we can, you know, Walt said. Nicole chuckled and looked at the others in the back seat. They all shared a smile at Walt's conclusion. As Nicole and Walt steered towards the city square of Green Tree, Colorado, the scene that met them was not one of wreckage but of abandonment. Nicole circled the square and parked, hood out, in front of the Green Tree Motel. Walt pulled up, opening the sliding door, and looked at Nicole. Ruby was in the seat just behind him. She had a handkerchief in one hand and kept it close to her face. What are you thinking, man? Walt said. Nicole got out and looked around the abandoned square. There were not many cars or signs that anybody had been there in a long time. She mounted the first step of the bus and poked her head in. I'm thinking we see if that hotel still has running water, as in a shower, and maybe a couple of laundry machines. It's getting late, so if it seems safe, maybe we even stop for the night. Park the bus close for now, point it out, and we'll take a look around. Make sure there isn't any surprises, Nicole said. Walt nodded as Nicole looked at Ruby. Miss Ruby, are you going to be okay? she said. A smile spread across Ruby's slightly green-tinged face. Right as rain, darling, though a hot bath and some clothes washing does sound pretty good about now, she said. Nicole smiled and then exited the bus. The others got out of the GTO as Walt parked the bus, parallel to the motel. They searched the motel without incident. It was agreed that Ruby should stay in one of the front rooms, by the street, and locked the door while the others reconnoitered the buildings around the square. An hour later, they got back to the motel without encountering any signs of the dead. Billy cleared his throat. throat) Hey, listen, I know we didn't see any signs of uh, trouble, but do you really think we should all just pick a room and a shower? I mean, I know we want to get cleaned up, but... I mean, I'll take first watch. I just think we ought to all stay together, he said. No, that's a good idea, Paul said. I think that's a really smart idea. I don't care if those things are three towns away. That's still too close for me, Jordan said. Nicole shifted her rifle on her shoulder. I like it. What do you say, gentlemen? Ladies first? Walt, Sam, Paul, and Billy all nodded, none willing to let their eagerness for a possible hot shower trump their gentlemanly gesture. Nicole put her arm around Jordan, and the two headed towards the motel. Let's get Ruby. She probably needs it more than any of us, having to ride on that stinky bus, Jordan said. Walt popped his head up and looked at Jordan with mock hurt in his eyes. Jordan looked back at Walt. Sorry, Walt, she said. Walt smiled and winked at her. Jordan giggled as she turned back and disappeared inside the motel with Nicole. An hour and a half later, Nicole, Jordan, and Ruby pushed their way out of the motel. Paul stood leaning against one of the posts that supported the overhang, covering a sitting area in front. Billy sat in one of the rockers that lined the porch. Paul turned when he heard the girls. Nicole looked around. Where's Walt and Sam? she said. Paul was about to answer when a huge motorhome came pulling up. Everyone looked at it, unsure of who had just arrived. The engine shut off, and a second later, Sam and Walt came bouncing out the side door. Hey, everybody, look what we found, Sam said. Paul smiled and Billy jumped up from his rocker as they all approached to take a closer look at the new vehicle. New it was, as the price was still written across the windshield in two-foot numbers. Nicole held back and tried to conceal a frown. Inside, she seethed. Walt had gone off with Sam. Sure, they had searched the area, and it seemed clear. But that didn't mean shit in the new world. Sam came up beside her. You would not believe what I had to do to get Walt to take this one. He wanted to grab one of the public buses. What is it with him and buses? Sam said. Nicole forced a smile as she watched the others climb in and look around. It's no bus, man, but still, it's a pretty sweet ride, Walt said. Sam stood next to Nicole and shook his head. Nicole ignored Sam as her frustration bubbled over. You went out alone, Walt? After what we've been through, you thought it was a good day for a stroll? She said, unable to control her stress level. All eyes turned to her. Walt looked sheepish. We had already searched the area. It was when we were looking around that I spied a sweet bus to replace my old one. Uh, Besides, I took Sam with me. He's the one that convinced me to grab this motorhome instead, Walt said, trying to defend his decision, but sensing that he may be in some trouble. Nicole was having none of it. Yeah, you took one of our best shooters and put yourself in harm's way. If something happened, we would be down too. And that puts us all in danger, Walt, she said, sneering. Walt's mouth opened and closed, but no words came out. Finally, he sighed. Everyone else's eyes darted back and forth between Nicole and Walt. Walt's shoulders slumped. I'm sorry, man. I should have waited and let the group know what I was doing, Walt said. Nicole looked around at the others nervously, then at Walt. "'Yeah, well, I just want us to be safe, you know,' she said, turning back to the motel. Sam followed her. "'You really think I'm one of the best shooters?' he said. Nicole did not look at him. "'Shut up, Sam,' was all she said. As the sun went down, everyone was gathered in Walt's new motorhome. Midway down the length of one side was a small kitchen area. On the other side was a booth— big enough for four. Walt and Sam sat on one side. Paul and Jordan sat on the other. Next to the eating area, moving toward the front, was a couch. Billy sat at one end and Nicole at the other. Ruby stood and cooked up a stew cobbled together from the supplies they had moved over from Walt's old bus. A sumptuous aroma filled the motorhome. Everyone held out a plastic bowl and a spoon as empty stomachs began to rumble. All right, my darlings, I believe it's ready. Who's first? she said, as five empty bowls were thrust at her. Ruby laughed, and then looked up at Nicole, who sat at the far end of the couch. I think Miss Nicole should get the first bowl. All eyes looked at Nicole, and bowls were withdrawn. Nicole looked at Ruby, then the others. When no one else said anything, Nicole stood and approached the stove. Listen, everyone. I'm sorry for my outburst earlier. It's just that... I expect we should reach my father's base tomorrow night. There's a reason me and my father haven't spoken for years. He's a hard man, and you probably won't like him. I expect he will take us all in, but he will treat you like recruits. There will be rules, and more rules. You won't be able to come and go as you please, and you'll probably start to wonder if out here in the world isn't a better alternative, Nicole said. Ruby smoothed her skirt and looked at the others, then Nicole. You say you and your father didn't really talk, honey, but when this world went to Hades, he called you straight away. He's a hard man in hard times, but when things got the hardest, he thought of you. You don't worry about us. We're all just ever so thankful that you let us come along, maybe giving us all something to hope for, Ruby said. Nicole looked at her, then at the others. Smiling faces and nodding heads met her gaze. Now, let me have that bowl so I can fill it with God's bounty. Ruby said. Nicole laughed and held out her bowl. Sam scooted out of the booth as Nicole turned. Here, take my seat, Nicole, he said. Nicole smiled and put her hand on his shoulder, and Sam smiled back. As the others all offered their bowls and had them filled, Nicole sat and let the hot stew work its magic.